Fueled by the Outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Brought to you by the Elite Outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What's up, guys? Back together again after <laughs> what seems like <laughs> like a month and a half of not having one of these with both of us talking. Yeah. Um, we have been intermittently doing these. Uh, I've been doing ones by myself, mainly because uh, what we're going to talk about today, your Wyoming trip and slash Nebraska trip going out west. And I did a week down at Cumberland. We'll touch on that a little bit, but not a whole lot. But we've both also been getting ready for deer season and trying to spend every minute that we can out in the woods in order to you know hopefully get one of our big bucks before the rut hits but um this is episode 24 25 so um we've hit the quarter century mark or almost the quarter century mark um which i think is pretty cool you know considering that we've you know only been at this seven months and you know we've got a good listener base so everyone out there thanks for listening and um absolutely you know we'll do uh, a celebration when we get to 50 oh yeah and we'll, just just so everybody understands like not that i'm tooting our horn or bragging but we do this stuff after our families go to bed and when we can in between trips and hunts mm-hmm. and fishing outings and bow tuning and all that so just I mean, I hope the people that do listen, I, I hope you at least appreciate it a little bit simply because we we put a lot of effort into this uh, during time that we could otherwise be nose in the air and snoring. <laughs> well, exactly. Like we, <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I'm we're so we, tired. Oh, I know. We, we, we record these after, um, after your kids go to sleep, after my kids go to sleep. My wife's normally in bed by this time. Um, Cause she's tired from the work day. And then I edit these usually on Saturdays or Sundays while my boys are asleep. So I've got like a hour, hour and a half window of like trying to get everything, you know, put together. And the more people we have on one of these, like that one that we had with a uh, Grippa and uh, luck on it. Yeah, man, that one, that one was like, I had to divide that up over two days and figure out how the hell I was going to do it. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. But it's, it's I- fun. So. I'll be excited to sit down with you and, and play with the editing with that sometime. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, to to give you all a little uh, intel or whatever, a look into kind of how this goes. So we had planned on doing this at nine o'clock because I had family night tonight. Yeah. So we watched The Witches. Oh, which, the new one, right? Yeah, with Anne Dreamy Hathaway. Um, <laughs> she was a lovely, hideous witch. Um, and... Uh, so we, we sit down and watch that and already I'm like pretty tired. Cora is tired. <laughs> My wife's always tired. And then Colleen's running around like a damn banshee, right? <laughs> so Cora and I are tracing pumpkins to mm-hmm. carve this weekend. Oh, nice. It's been about an hour on that. And of course, by then you're more tired and mentally mm-hmm. exhausted and all that. All right. As we're kind of finishing up, Colleen walks over to the wine bar and rips a tumbler off the wine bar and busts it. And I fly up oh, and man. grab her 
before she can step on any broken glass or pick it up and eat it or uh, you know how they are. They're always trying to kill themselves. So, um, that, you know, that's, I, I just dealt with this and then literally made a damn batch of blueberry muffins for the family this weekend. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> it, 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 the funny thing is, is like you, you joke about like trying to kill themselves, but like I, I've, I have this, I have this thought, like, every child under the age of three, obviously they don't have a whole lot of fear, but it's like their little brain's like, huh, I wonder how I can stress everyone out in the house today. How I could know. I die today. I'm going to try to kill myself. Yep. Oh my goodness. So you got back last weekend, right? Yeah. Last, uh, it was Saturday morning at about 3 AM. We rolled into Matt's house and then spent another probably 30 minutes or so unpacking because you take i mean you take a lot of stuff out yeah because you never know out there dude you could need shorts one day i mean there were days where i could have hunted in shorts Jesus, now you'd never do that if you have any brain burrs because, <laughs> oh, dude, the sand burrs sand and burrs. the cacti and i mean you'd you wouldn't have skin <laughs> so i <laughs> uh, spent about another 30 minutes or so you know getting everything gathered up into my truck and then, you know, headed home the 10 or 15 minute drive or whatever it was. And then, you know, sadly enough, it kind of sounds stupid, but, um, myself, you know, I cranked myself up with Mountain Dew and all this other mm. stuff to stay awake. Cause we, we drove straight through. So, Oh geez. Yeah. So, um, I get home and you know, you're tired that whole damn drive mm-hmm. and then you get home and my eyes are bugging out of my head. And I'm like, oh, come on, dude, go to sleep. Your kids are going to be up in a, a few hours. Go to sleep. <laughs> so um, I got a couple hours of sleep and then woke up and basically struggled all day until, you know, we uh, got to go to sleep again. That was basically nice. the only thing I looked forward to. But anywho, yeah, we went out to um, – we did some Nebraska mule deer hunting again. Revisited then, it, right? What's that? You revisited it. The last yeah. time we talked about it, you guys went out there and there was standing corn. It was yeah. um, hardly any deer anywhere. Was uh, I mean, And you guys went back out there for archery for that, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Still, still archery season. Um, so the first day um, we went out to the sand hills and I posted a picture of this on the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about watching the waves roll in and everything. And I'm here to tell you, they're literally grass covered sand dunes. <laughs> you have, so you're generally hunting, you know, I have very breathable footwear on, mm-hmm. very light, breathable footwear. You walk up and down one of those, your boot is full of sand and not oh, in like man. a cool, I'm at the beach way, like a very hot, very uncomfortable sand building up underneath the ball of your foot or you know, uh, whatever. And it's just, I hate that super uncomfortable. So you got to sit down and take the stuff out and it gets in your socks. So you got to take your sock off, dump it out. It's a whole thing. So, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm complaining, even though I kind of am, <laughs> I, w- I would like to have everybody hear my experience so that you're not stupid like me and think you're just going to go out there and run around. Right. Cause you're not going to go out there and run around. So, we got on deer within so last our last trip as our listeners would know mm-hmm. our last trip we got on mule deer the very last day right yeah those one those huge ones right in front of the yeah. truck 
but they were on private. And then we got lucky and had them on public. They were like on the edge and it was like a pure coincidence. They walked down the road onto the damn public. So I don't think it was going to be something like, Oh, just go sit on the edge of public and they'll walk to you. That's not how it worked. So um, we went to the sand hills instead of where we were. And we got on mule deer within about 150 yards of the truck. Oh, and wow. That is great. And for my Eastern peeps, I want to let you know right off the bat, two miles is a tiny day. <laughs> uh, you're you're going to walk. And, and again, you're not walking around your neighborhood. It's not you're a not flat land on thing. the trails at East Fork. You are walking through sand. <laughs> so would it be like the equivalent of if you went to like um, Scioto County or um, <clears throat> Shawnee and it was like all sand instead? Um, the hi- I wouldn't say the hills are that big. Okay. I would say more like Hillsboro. Oh, okay. So toward, towards a like... Hill in- Batavia or Hillsboro for those that hunt like the hilliers part of Batavia and Hillsboro, those hills, like they can get decently steep, but for the most part, they're gently rolling. Okay. But keep in mind, you're at, you know, 4,000 feet or whatever it is, elevation, which isn't bad. You're not going to get elevation sickness. At least I didn't and Matt didn't, but it's still different. You're not breathing like you would here. Um, the sun gets very hot, even when it's only 65 or 70 degrees, you're a little closer to it. The air is much thinner. There's no smog or, or humidity to block that sun. The sun is very powerful. You're pouring chapstick on your lips every 30 minutes and it, it gets warm. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's very weird how warm it gets at those temps. It's stupid. So, and it's very dry. Um, so it's a lot like, I mean, you would almost describe it as a desert. Um, like, for, for those of you who've like never been out west or never been to California or Mexico or something like that, when you go out west and you're in a desert, you know, you always see people say, oh, it's a dry heat um, out east. Like, to me, there's not ever really a dry heat out east. It's always humid. It's always, you know, feels like you're, you know, running around in a wet blanket when, when the, you know, the sun's high in the summer and it's 90 degrees, when you generally go, you know, west of the Mississippi and you start getting into those sandier areas and areas where, you know, you have some more arid climates, you can go sit in the shade there and like it actually cools off. It's not like it's, you feel like the air is sticking on you. I mean, it, I mean, at least when you go way far out West, is that kind of how it's like when you go to Nebraska too? So essentially, um, yeah, you don't run into like the humidity stuff at all, but it's almost, it, it's very weird. And I've been out there before and experienced like I've been in Arizona in the Grand Canyon and it's like 110. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, 80, 85, yeah. you know, something like that, which is still warm, but um, you can do it. Keep in mind, too, I was a senior in high school, so <laughs> I was not as aware about things. I mean, I could walk around all day and not drink water and all this stupid stuff. And I, if I did that now, I'd probably die. <laughs> so um, that said, when you go out there, you, you don't have a humidity issue, but like 
you can appreciate shade way more than you ever would here. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's great here, but being in the direct sunlight is just different. And yeah. I don't care if the temps are forecasted for 70 that day. I'm telling you right now, it is not the same 70 degrees. It is a warmer 70 degrees. That sun gets to you and it dries you out. And I'll be honest, even the little bit that we did, cause we never did like a, what I would call a crazy day. Like we didn't do like mm-hmm. a 15 or 20 mile day. Right. Um, we did some in the nine, almost somewhere around that 10 mile mark. Okay. Um, I think we had one, maybe, I think we had one that was like 10.5 or something. Yeah. Um, but even that, like, that's not a, I do that here, turkey hunting, having fun. Yeah. I mean, so, that, that's, that's not, that's not awful. And that's not terrible. I mean, that, that's, you know, that, that's, that's a pretty, like, it, it, that's like how we talk about like if you want to go hunt public land around here like you've got to walk two miles or a mile in like i I do that you know turkey hunting just to get away from people at a minimum here yeah Uh, and you know what's funny too is uh we've been discovering that everybody's doing that Mm -hmm. so like the first few hundred yards near the parking lot are amazing yeah (laughs) there's so much wildlife near where you park they cross in front of you and everything is crazy so but uh anywho yeah i mean you appreciate your sweat more there it actually works like here (laughs) like it's supposed to oh my god i'm covered in water and out there you're like oh that tiny little breeze that just hit me holy Mm -hmm. crap Mm -hmm. so we went out to the sand hills for the first day and got on deer immediately and uh we we stuck with them and they went and bedded down surprise surprise yep just off the public and we followed these deer everywhere and lost them and found them again and it's amazing how you can see for like over a mile That's but crazy. those damn things can hide and and I don't even necessarily know that they were trying to hide from us but mm-hmm. you just you'd be like oh there they are and then you try to get to a better vantage point and you're like well, hell, where right. they go? So, um, it was really neat though to watch deer from like a mile away, and then when you try to go to them, you're like, oh my god! And then like putting on the perfect stock like, where the where the wind can be blowing differently. Yeah, that far away even. That's one thing. Um, so in the early morning, it was this is what made it difficult too. When we got on those deer, it was dead calm, mm-hmm. zero wind. And you're not walking out there quietly like you think you will as an Eastern person. Yeah. You think you're going to walk quietly out there. Listen to me. You are not (laughs) going to walk quietly out there. I don't care who you are. Everything is dry as hell and crunchy. It sounds worse than walking on melted and refrozen snow. Oh, geez. So we sat down and watched the deer and waited till about 10 o'clock. And then that breeze picked up and yep. you have a constant wind and it's a good one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, okay, it's blowing this way. Let's go. It's not like in the mountains or here where you're like, oh, cool. 180. Thanks. So, um, but we never did. We never did get to even point our bows at them or anything. So, oh man, um, that blows. We kind of drove around a little bit and talked to some guys and, uh, we decided that our best bet, because our original plan was to hunt there for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, we got in on f- 
let's see, Friday and cruised around Friday evening and saw some white tails. And then Saturday morning we hunted and we were going to hunt Saturday evening and then Sunday. Yeah. And then cruise over to our pronghorn unit, which was only like mm, six hours. That's not bad <laughs> so, at all. No, but it's just when you've already been in the car for 16, um, you're like, Oh, I got to get back in. So it's like getting out of jail and then going back. Yeah. So, um, not that we'd know anything about that yet. Yeah. Hopefully never. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, so instead, uh, we decide to go ahead and head out to our pronghorn unit, uh, get a hotel and then, drive up early in the morning but just road hunt and see what we can see from the truck because it was storming until about 11 or 12 that day Mm -hmm. and then go hike around well the rain quit a little sooner we were seeing nothing from the truck on public at all really and so we talked to some other guys that we were knew were going out there and then at about they kept telling us like you know y'all ought to come over here we're at least seeing goats yada 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 um, but we didn't have the means to pack in where they were. Right. And so we were just going to kind of walk around and look around and hook up with them and, um, you know, go from there. So they text us and both of them put down really nice goats within like, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes of each other. Really? Something. So I, I don't even know that it was that long. And so Matt was like, man, you know, he's, I was pretty impressed. He's like, why don't we just take one rifle? You carry your rifle. We'll empty our packs mm-hmm. with nothing but water and a few snacks. Let's hike in there and go help them pack their goats and stuff out. I, that would have like, been, I mean, that would have been, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I was pretty impressed with my boy. I was going to suggest it, but I mean, when you have $671, I think it was in a tag each, you know, For every one tag. Is, in one tag, yeah. We were Holy crap. We did a special draw, and we got baited into something that we should have never done. But at the same rate, I'm glad that we did. Mm-hmm. I, I hate how it went, but I love how it went because now. So, so like how much does, I mean, because we, we, you know, people always wonder like cost effectiveness of that kind of stuff. Like I know that that one was like a, a party tag or whatever, but yeah, like what? what does it cost to normally like put in for an antelope tag in Wyoming? Um, I don't know exactly what the normal cost is. So essentially what you do for Wyoming, like everything is draw basically. Okay. So you buy preference points and then the more preference points you have, uh, you know, the better unit you can have. And I don't think there's a unit that you're going to draw without preference points. Right. I think you might find some, and you could probably find like an archery only or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to say pronghorn is different than almost every other species. Because like for elk and mule deer, they have like a general unit, yeah. which includes multiple units. But for pronghorn, you have a unit and you put in for a draw. And generally people are trying to get out there and kill them. It's the easiest hunt in North America. And that's where I struggle because this was not the easiest hunt in North America. <laughs> I could go kill a white-tailed deer in any state that they exist in uh-huh. easier than what I could have here. Um, I got this done quick, 
Yeah. But, you know, stay tuned because I'm about to tell the story and you'll understand what I'm saying. So, um, so you got to pack in to help these guys. Yeah. We're, we're on our way to pack in and we're, you have to, so, so we're on BLM in Wyoming state trust land. Mm-hmm. So you are not allowed to step foot on private. Right. No corner hopping. No, no none of that. No breathing so, on the pub on the private yeah, land. Don't even look at my public land because I have $800 trillion in cattle. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Right. They run the world basically. So, but I also love those people and you'll find out why here in a second. <laughs> so, um, we circumnavigate these gigantic coolies, which are like canyons, yeah, uh, small canyons and, uh, circumnavigate some private and we're headed kind of downhill down a slope and me and Matt are chatting all of a sudden I, you know, I, I'm picturing speed goats in my head this whole time. And I mm-hmm. look up and I see a speed goat and it was funny because I didn't even pay attention, but there's a speed goat pronghorn antelope, uh, <laughs> 120 yards, maybe hundred yards. I don't even know if it was a hundred yards right in front of me staring oh my at gosh. Me. He was bedded down with a doe in the sage. What? And so, you know, we're power walking on our way to help. And he just stands up and looks at me. And I'm like, Matt, shut up. <laughs> like, and, and then I'm like, there's a, there's a goat right in front of me. I'm like, I'm going to try to get my gun. And he takes off running. And he stopped at like 250. And I took a, you know, a free-handed shot, which, you know, good luck. Because yeah. the wind out there, there's nothing. There's no... No trees, no nothing mm-hmm. to block your wind, only terrain. And it was not blocking anything. So, oh, um, man. And we're talking like constant 30 and 40 mile an hour winds. Right. Not 15. <laughs> so, and 15 is tough enough. Big right? gusts so, with what we would normally have out here east. Yes. Yeah. Their, their constant is our big gust. So, I try to shoot him. He runs off. We get on up the mountain see a doe uh and then we get up on top and we're we're sneaking along and sneaking along and we look and we i spot seven pronghorn bedded and i'm like matt here we go and they're like literally a hundred yards above a big coulee and i mean <laughs> that that's like sneaking up on something one-on-one mm-hmm. use the terrain to your va- advantage and i freaking we walked right down that thing right to him uh, and I looked at him was like oh they're they're up they're up so i get up and i watch them they crest the hill out of sight so i'm like hey i'm gonna make a move i knew there was a buck i didn't know how big he was mm-hmm. but i figured you know it's kind of one of those things where you're like if you can't tell then that's your answer right so I sprinted up and then saved about the last 40 yards or so and duck walked to them, just popping my head up real slow. Like we do Mm -hmm. when we sneak, when we're turkey hunting. Yeah. And I get, I don't know, 30 yards from the top of the hill and I see a back and I'm like, Oh my God, they're right there. I thought they would be well (laughs) over the hill. They were feeding right in front of me. I mean, they were under 40 yards. I could have bow killed those deer all day or those pronghorn all day. So um, I'm looking at him with the scope and, and I look and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This dude had a horn that was like that big. It mm-hmm. was basically ear length and he only had one. 
Are you serious? I'm not even joking, dude. I was like, you got to be kidding because I'd have shot you. I mean, I didn't – everybody's like, oh, you need to kill a good goat out there. And I'm sorry, but we had mule deer and pronghorn. If we had a week for pronghorn, mm-hmm. maybe. But the thing is, it's just not like what people think. We were a type 2 tag. And what that means is type 1 tags had 10 days of rifle hunting before oh, us. Oh, really? Yes. So their opening day is October 1st. Ours was October 11th. Okay. So, so I was wondering about that because I'm seeing guys like, not like people that I know, but like you see people like Steven Ranella are out there in Wyoming and they're shooting goats like on October 5th. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Like, yeah. like, like my friends are out there and they're not you know, like their opening day is way different. So right. that would make the, that would make the difference in the tag. Yep. So um, and obviously I'm going to assume that tag's tougher to draw. I would imagine so. So I, I pass this goat and literally, you know, I make that decision and his, he breaks his neck looking up at me and they all flee. Uh. So we come back down that mountain, get down into the little ravine, coulee, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, work our way back up and then start going up the other mountain and we crest it. And Matt's like, wait, 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 please be a goat. Please be a goat. And I'm like, where, 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 where? And sure enough, there's, uh, he has a ridiculously bionic eye, by the way. He spots yeah. everything. It's stupid. <laughs> so I like it. <laughs> I told him that's the only reason I'm friends with him. So you're good at spotting stuff. I'm like, Hey Matt, you want to go hunting with me and point my gun at stuff? So, <laughs> so, you know, he confirms that it's two goats and then I, you know, I find them and, I'm like, man, I'm pretty sure one of them's a, a buck. Mm-hmm. And uh, he confirmed one was a buck. We got a little closer and figured out that it was a buck and a doe. And we have to be careful, though, because, like, we're starting to flirt with the edge of private land. So, Like, are there fence lines or is it just, no. like, invisible uh, boundaries? In, in areas, there are, yes. Okay. But here, no. There are no oh, fence lines. So we crawl. I'm going to say 75 to a hundred yards. Cause they were, I, I think it was like a hundred yards mm-hmm. because I think they were like 425 when he first ranged them. And then we crawled and then they were three, like I think they were 350 and then he stayed back a little ways and I crawled a little further. So mm-hmm. I got to around that 325 range and um, dude, I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, you know, I'm looking down on them. And they're probably, which this sounds different. So here, 100 yards away from a property line is far. Yeah. You can't even see the property line a lot of times because there's woods. Well, out there, it's not very far because there are no trees. Right. It's sage. So it's actually kind of close. So I shoot this goat. All right. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, damn, this, this thing's like, not only is it close to private, but and and he was headed away from it, but still, like yeah, you I mean, never you don't know. Want to risk it. The dumbest stuff can happen, you know. Anything spooks that animal, or the doe takes off the other way. Well, he's following, so mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm not going to be able to get much closer. You know, if I get 30 yards closer, that doesn't mean anything like it would with a bow. I've got a seven millimeter magnum. Not nothing's going to get better. I still got to aim dead on and try to make a shot. So mm-hmm. I get set up 
and I'm zoomed in and I'm, I'm trying like hell to stay on this animal. And uh, I'm like, nah, just rip it. <laughs> just send it. <laughs> Grip it and, and rip and it. So I punched it. I made a bad shot and uh, I paid for it. But luckily, those goats just looked like what just happened. Mm-hmm. They had no idea we were there and were oblivious, which is not like them, especially 10 days after the season. Right. So I reload and they mm-hmm. still do nothing. So I'm like, okay, you better get on him quick this time and just do like you do in archery. Trust the float. Mm-hmm. So I'm figure eighting back and forth. And I, you know, I, I basically, you know, with your breathing, you breathe in and uh, your gun goes down. Mm-hmm. And then as you breathe out, it comes back up. Yeah. Breathe, it comes down and then figure eights up and onto the shoulder and then goes up the back. And um, so I do this a couple of times and then I get off the shoulder and right as it breaks back, I start to squeeze the trigger and, and the shot broke. And I mean, I could sit here and tell you that I'm amazing and on this great shot and all that. I I had no idea whether that bullet was going to hit that damn thing or not. All Mm -hmm. I knew is to pull through my shot and trust that float and try to have at least good timing. Right. Uh, Cause I'm coming wave. I'm coming a foot off that animal or more, probably close to two feet in front of that animal. So I'm trying to time it. And as it loops back around towards the shoulder, that's when I started to pull and then I figured that the shot broke, you know, mm-hmm. in a decent place. But is that decent place right in front of it? Or is it, you know, in the shoulder or, you know, seven inches back? But, I mean, it was just about as perfect of a shot you could make. It came down right underneath the tenderloin and nice. exited mid-body about six inches behind the shoulder. And he wheeled a 180 on the shot and took off downhill and he i mean it looks like a car accident when these things hit like if you've ever watched nat geo and seen when the cheetah Mm -hmm. trips up the gazelle and the dust just flies everywhere yeah that's what what it looked like and i'm telling how far did this thing run after you shot it mm, what ran downhill so like 100 150 yards something like that holy hell um if it would have had to run like uphill or straight, probably would have only made it 50 yards. But keep in mind, there's arguments that it's actually the fastest animal in the world. Oh, yeah. They are mother freaking quick. I can't. Oh, yeah. Like, you won't understand what I'm saying until you see it yourself and you're trying to cover ground that they are. It's incredible. So, well, I mean, they, they evolved. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, they evolved being chased by. Uh, the American cheetah, the American cheetah, um, and you know, lot. I mean, the American lion and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there, there's reason to believe, and I mean, they don't jump too. Like people, people need no. to remember that too. It's like all they do is run really, really fast in straight lines, and yep. then they cut, and then they run really fast again. Mm-hmm. And if they it's, if they hit a fence, like nine times out of ten, that sucker ain't surviving. Right. So. They they will bound off, prance off like a mule deer, but when they want to go, like you watch that head lean forward mm-hmm. and you know he just downshifted. Like he's <laughs> he just switched gears and he's gone. Mm-hmm. So um we recovered that animal and for the first time uh I got to do the gutless method, breaking yeah. down the animal. Yeah. And 
that was a little rough because these animals, those things lose hair very easily. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Like it comes out, there was hair everywhere when I got down to him. Um, and then skinning him, like his cape kept wanting to turn uh, like right side in. It was very weird. Really, like It was folding into itself. And so I'm like, shit, man, I'm trying to keep this off the meat and mm-hmm. all that. But anywho, um, if you haven't tried the gutless method, I'll do a video on it and you will not believe how amazing. And everybody, before you yell at me, yes, you can get the inner loins out. I was just getting ready and, to ask that. Like, did you get and, the inner loins <laughs> out? Um, you can get the inner loins out so freaking easy. Now, keep in mind, if you gut shoot the damn thing, yeah, you're not, not going to want, want those anyways. Yeah. But if you don't gut shoot it, dude, it is the greatest because you literally skin it, quarter it, cut any of the excess meat off. Yep. Then you put the loins in and the inner loins in and you put that in a pack and leave. And and, and the head, exactly. of course. Exactly. Um, I mean, well, and, and for the, for the inner loins, like what I've heard to do with that kind of stuff is, you know, you, it, I don't know for anyone else out there, but in my hunting pack, I've got, you know, I don't probably don't need three knives, but I got three knives. I got a, I've got a large knife. I've got two sharp fingers, but I also carry what is a saw that is about like let probably three inches, maybe four inches long. And it's got almost like a, uh, like a gun handle on it. And it's made for sawing through the pelvic bone to kind of crack open the deers, um, you know, pelvic cavity, get the bladder and the, you know, the stink, a stink pipe out. But from my understanding is you can just like basically like crack a rib or crack a couple ribs and then like reach your hand in there and pull the inner loins out. And then you don't even, you don't crack anything. Oh, so, really? You know, the, uh, the belly muscle right behind the last rib. Yeah. Right underneath the spine. Yeah. I literally make an incision right there, a very shallow one. We're not mm-hmm. trying to shove our knife into something and stab right. it and you literally just make an incision to remove that muscle nice. and there is the inner loin right there and you literally just cut all the way through on the underneath well okay. technically top but you know cut in between it and the the cavity and peel it right out and it nice. is amazing so and just for everybody's information um i can't verify this yet but People have told me that you want to use a different knife to cut the meat than mm-hmm. you would to skin it. So what I did is I took, I've got an outdoor edge knife that has both that really sweet gutting knife that yeah. they make and a regular knife. So I used those and I used a scalpel. Um, I took a scalpel with, I think I have number 22 blades. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say they are. And um, that worked so well. Um, it was phenomenal and it was nice cause, uh, you know, I had my boy, um, there to help me pack it out and everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I can't say thanks enough to him by the way, cause dude follows me on all these crazy trips and stuff. And, um, the, this is very tough. A lot of people, you know, you hear, We've experienced people that talk, you know, everybody talks and talks Mm. and talks and, oh, it's easy and all that. And don't get me wrong. Do I think that me and three other guys could go out there, especially 
with a type one rifle tag and just all be tagged out in one or two days. I do. Yeah. But things happen. Weather happens. Wind happens. And that's what's so crazy. Like without tooting my own horn, the shot that I did make Mm -hmm. was an amazing shot, especially coming from an Eastern guy who has never shot. Like I don't practice that shot. No, that's not a shot you take in Ohio. You can't even hunt a big game animal with a damn rifle, you know, a, a crimp. Well, I mean, case. that's not even a shot you make in Kentucky, and we can we can hunt. Yeah. A, we can hunt with rifles down here. Like, yeah, even if you're hunting elk in um in the eastern part of the state, farthest shot you're taking is maybe maybe two fifty. Yeah. Um, and someone can correct me on that if if I'm not right about that, but I mean, I'm I sure mean, there's places that you can shoot ridge to ridge or something, but but for still, the most man. part. You're not it's taking that not, shot out east, and 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 there, if you're doing that, you got yeah. all the time in the world. You could probably get closer because there's a bunch right. of stuff to hide you, and you could have a shooting stick. Because let's face it, you're mm-hmm. not, you know, you're for the most part truck hunting. You're not backwoods hunting. Right. You could get to your truck no problem. So, um, it's just it's crazy, man. Uh, with the wind that we had, mm-hmm. uh, it just it was insane. Like I almost think the shot broke in front of the animal and that really? was perfect. Uh, yeah, dude, we're talking 35, 40 mile an hour, constant winds. And jeez. I mean, it's, and, and I can't stress it enough. Like I, I'm the first idiot to admit that I look at people when they say stuff like that. I'm like, okay, okay. It's so tough. <laughs> and then I go out there and I'm like, Oh my God, this blows. Literally it's blowing. So, um, we got that dude skinned up Mm -hmm. and packed out. And I think, I can't remember how long the pack out was. Um, I couldn't make an honest guesstimate, but I I think we were somewhere close to like that hour and a half, two hours, but I I mean, that's still not bad. No, no. And it's, that was mostly downhill. The only rough part was figuring out where we crossed through those coolies. Because we did that in the daylight before. So you can look 300 yards this way and say, mm-hmm. that's gently sloping terrain. Well, of course, I'm an amazing guide, right? So <laughs> I'm like, let's go this way. <laughs> and we go this way. And then I'm like, oh, this is a 20-foot sheer cliff. We can't. We got to turn around. Oh, man. Um. So, yeah. And then, so I have basically three opportunities in about two hours on opening day Mm -hmm. in what I would call the latter part of the day. I think they shot their goats around that three 30, three 45 range. So mine would have been, I think I shot my goat at like five something. I can't remember. Nice. Um, so yeah, it was, it was crazy, dude. We got back to the truck and then, um, you know, they came to the hotel and one of the guys, uh, the other guy didn't come, but he's a little mm-hmm. off. Um, the one dude did come and join us in a celebratory drink and nice all that. So that was kind of cool. But, um, now I do have to ask, was the hotel planned or was that something like after nope. you, uh, nope. were truck camping last time you said we're getting a hotel this time? Well, I was ready to kind of just go out and rough it. Uh-huh. especially after that crappy 
rain was, but the pard just wasn't feeling it. And while I wanted to go be Billy Badass for a night or two, uh, the last thing I want to do is make somebody else miserable. Right. So, And I'll be honest, it ain't all that bad driving back to the hotel and taking a shower and laying in a nice bed and all that. No, like, it's not. I think it made kind of a difference, but I also think it hurt us too because if you're packed in six or eight miles, right. hell, you get up in the morning and look out your tent and you can hunt. Rather, you know, so you save sleep, you know, drive you time and all that. But let me be clear. <laughs> there is no water. You have right. cattle tanks. That's what you got. So you're hiking to a cattle tank to filter water. Jesus. Like, that's what you have. Or you're hauling in water. Right. That's what you have. You're not going to go forage. You're not going to go shoot a squirrel or something and eat it. You're not going to go get fresh mountain stream this is a desolate freaking wasteland where you look in fact the title of our film on this is going to be called the nothing the nothing for, for those my age <laughs> you'll appreciate that the old never-ending story yep that would be something but this this, this was nothing, nothing. so <laughs> it, it, it i mean you look and you're like what in the hell lives here right but there's freaking mule deer we found sheds uh there's pronghorn there actually <laughs> after we were done we figured out from some locals that's one of the higher mountain lion populations that you can find i was um, gonna ask about that like <laughs> did you guys like take sidearms or anything like that for mountain lions because no no i don't so i don't worry too much and i sound stupid um with all the food like because mm -hmm. keep in mind nobody's dragging it back to the truck so plenty of carcasses carca yeah. <laughs> uh plenty of carcasses <laughs> um laying around so they're not worried about me unless i come between mama and cubs that said like the guy in utah did freaking more literally as we're out there and yeah we like are leaving to hunt or something and matt's like do you hear that dude that got in between the mom and cubs and i'm like what an idiot we're on so anywho uh we're looking around at all these skeletons and stuff i'm like huh there seems to be a lot of kills out here <laughs> wonder if those are like predatorial at all or just you know people mm -hmm. natural predators or whatever but um i don't worry too much about anything but a grizzly bear and I'll be the first to admit, um, I have a little bit of knowledge on animals. Generally, your mountain lion attacks, unless we're talking about the idiot that we just spoke of, mm -hmm. um, are younger lions that have been pushed from the good territory right. by the older ones. So they're, they get pushed to the brink of civilization, and then they're like, mm, a jogger. Yum. Yep. So, uh, black bears are another thing that don't bother me unless you got a cub situation because mm -hmm. they know we'll kill them. Um, grizzly bears, they don't care. No. And they'll come to you. Big and furry killing machines. You can make whatever law you want. I'm shooting that thing in the face. <laughs> if it even looks at me wrong, it's catching bullets. It's going to suck start a 357 revolver. <laughs> like, we're not, we're not messing around. So, but we, we, we're not in a place where we had to worry about that. Um, we keep going to these places with a bunch of mountain lions though, but we didn't see them, which might be good. 
or bad. Well, that's that's kind of the interesting part about mountain lions is that you know when when you're out there, and I mean for those that don't know, mountain lions used to be, I mean across the United States. I mean everywhere, you have the Florida panther. You have. You know, there's Vermont, one of the University of Vermont school is called the Catamounts. Like that's their mascot because there used to be mountain lions, but they're mainly relegated to the West. And I think the closest one that showed up um, other than ones that have like escaped zoos and that kind of stuff, the closest one to us was Wisconsin, I think maybe a couple of years back. And there was one in Arkansas that was not of like Argentinian descent. So it was a roaming cat that like bit through the head of a razorback down there. And um, I think they ended up killing it on the side of the road. But the last one I know that was found in Kentucky was like in, I think like the seventies, but it was like escaped from someone's personal zoo or something like that. So yeah, they're all over out West, which is a good thing. But the interesting thing about them is that you never see them. Like that's why they're like when you see guys go and hunt these things, they're, you know, using houndsmen and that kind of stuff because, you know, they're so elusive and they're so good at um, hiding themselves. There's a great video. Well, not really a great video for the dude that was in it, but I think it was like last year or two years ago, this guy is mule deer hunting and he's, putting a stalk in on a mule deer and he's like 50 yards away from this deer and he looks to his right and there's a mountain lion getting ready to pounce on him 12 yards away and he fired i think he fired the arrow at it and shot it like it's completely nuts so yeah but i mean that was even again it was a younger cat so it was he was probably getting harassed by big toms and and left and you know gotta gotta do what you gotta do yeah Yep, but lions gotta eat too, man. Yep. So, so did you guys only have the one tag, or did you go no, hunt we does? Had or? So we we go out on day two. Uh, you know, we're we're kind of um, I won't say worn down, but you know, we're we're a little tired, mm-hmm. but slept pretty good. You know, so we get up and we're like, you know, getting an earlier start. We're thinking, man, we'll be here for a few hours and fill Matt's tag, and we'll probably be on our way back to Nebraska tonight. Well, this is where I laugh at everybody that's like <laughs> thinking we're America. out there junk shopping. Like, which one would you like? So we we go and we're looking and we're looking, and I mean, we're just dude, we're not seeing anything on the private and i think that was a private or yeah we're not i i did that all last week we're not seeing anything on the public they were all on private okay and 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 even the ones because like i'll I'll go sit on the the line and see if Mm -hmm. they'll cross but we're talking like the closest ones were way on the private okay or they were like a mile away and you had to go through the damn grand canyon to get to them and then hope that they come across and ain't crossing that mm-hmm. you know they've got you look at the private and it's like oh look at the delicious green vegetation <laughs> Alfalfa versus, fields everywhere versus arizona over here <laughs> like of course they're going to stay over there they're not getting shot at and it's an oasis so 
we spot this buck from a long ways away and he's headed toward the line and i'm like let's go Mm -hmm. we're busting balls up this mountain and i think i posted a picture of matt we get to the top of this knoll and we spot him and he's like 150 yards away oh man and we're like oh my god so we go around the knoll get set up and we look down and he's 30 yards over the fence like he Uh, needs to come 30 yards and cross the damn fence that's all he has to do little idiot wouldn't even do that (laughs) he comes all that way and then doesn't you know what i mean and that's what's so for you like are you kidding me and then he just turns around and walks away dude animals are weird like that there's yeah uh, like they they have lot like lines made up in their head like if you hunt deer in an urban area there's a line that they will not cross because they know like humans will come this far in but we're not going any farther than that out of these woods yeah it's crazy so uh you know matt was pretty down and i mean i was too i just i think i had a lot different upbringing than a lot of people mm-hmm. so you gotta do a lot to get me to like be way down but right i mean i can understand the pressure of you know me and my buddy have mule deer tags and i still got this tag and we're spending mm-hmm. time time trying to fill this and we're driving up here and spending money on a hotel and all this different stuff and uh that was actually the day that he said if i don't kill one today Mm -hmm. then we're just we're gonna leave and go hunt mule deer and i'm like okay well you know at the end we kind of talked and i'm like hey listen i'll do whatever you want don't don't feel like we gotta leave Mm because i want to go kill a deer or anything i've already had a successful trip this is technically the pronghorn trip and i'm successful so if you want to stay, I'll I'll go out there and lay it all on the line tomorrow with you. Or we can pack up and leave and head back to our wonderful little Nebraska spots or whatever. So he decides he wants to stay. Okay. So I'm like, okay. And part of me is excited because I think we might have a chance to get on a goat. Right. The other part of me is like, damn it, man, I really want to shoot a deer. <laughs> so we wake up. And we, I, I think that previous day is the day we put in like 10 and a half miles or something. Yeah. We walked our butts off and, uh, I was pretty tired getting back to the hotel and, uh, we woke up and for whatever reason, I felt like $1 million plus a little, <laughs> like, I think I, I, you know, when you work out and you run, you have mm-hmm. that endorphin high yep mix that with hunting and mother nature and good sleep and all that and nutrition all that stuff flowing into you all at once dude you'd have thought i took like you remember those stacker two oh yeah the federal jackets and all that stuff that were around when we were like young men in high school you could run through a wall oh (laughs) dude so we do that and then we get breakfast and i'm just like like i ate the perfect amount and i'm just like teary-eyed ready to rip his door off like just (laughs) let's let's freaking run these little idiots down so we get up there and he's like hey let's check this spot and you know we'd check that spot all week and nothing but hunters there we never saw goats 
super close to the road. Mm-hmm. We drive down and see hunters parked on the left, then drive down, see hunters parked on the public line on the uh, the right there. We look over to the left on the private, and there are two bucks and four does walking toward the public. Now, keep in mind, they're about eight-tenths of a mile from the public. Uh-huh. So we watch them for a second and then race down there, and we look, and the people that were parked there were headed back to the truck. So really? We parked right there, and I'm like, hey, let's sit here. We're going to be all nonchalant. <clears throat> we're going to let these people come up. We're going to talk to them, ask them what they saw, and then we're going to just go about our merry little way. Mm-hmm. We got out there, and we hauled balls into these coolies and climbing and hiking up these hills and stuff and um keep in mind too this is similar to wrestling Mm -hmm. you're trying to get there as fast as you humanly can like you're not you're not pussyfooting around no so we go up and down and up and down and up and down and then we we crest we start to come out of this mini coolie Mm. and crest this hill and we lay down and like we lay down and skyline the back of a doe. Oh, and nice. Start cresting the hill coming right towards us. And they're already at like, I think they're like 225. He's sighting in at 200 yards. He's aiming dead on. Mm-hmm. So we're just, I'm just, at this point, I'm like, okay, well, the bucks were behind him. So those does are going to go down into the draw and those bucks are going to pop up and one of them's going to get smoked. Well, we never saw the bucks. And then the does never came back up, you know, because they were broke. They broke right for us. Well, then we're looking and we see somehow they got into that draw Mm -hmm. without us seeing them. I don't know how it happened. But the one buck, we could see all of his horns and about three inches of his head, basically down to like right above the eyes. And that was it. And then he never did anything, and then he disappeared. <clears throat> and we sat there for like 10 minutes or so, and I'll, I'm aggressive as it gets. And I looked over, I said, I don't like it at all, dude. If we sit here and they work to our left down that draw, they could leave and we could never see them again. Mm-hmm. And we, we know which way they were going. And while they were headed towards us, that could have been just because they were trying to get down in that draw out of the wind. Right. So we're, we get back down into the little coulee. And you have like a 10-inch spot, a little path or whatever, a bottom, if you will, mm-hmm. that your feet can go. So you're kind of like one foot in front of the other, leaning against the side of the little coolie, you know, using your hand. And basically, duck walk, belly crawling, all kinds of stuff, doing calisthenics all the way, mm-hmm. calisthenics all the way to the goats. Well, I hear, shh, and I look up. And there's a doe back at 20 yards. Oh, and so man. I just, I laid my binoculars down. Matt's right behind me with the seven millimeter. And I cover my ears. And I'm trying like hell to slow my breathing because I feel like it's so loud from hustling to get there. Mm-hmm. And just all these does start coming. And I mean, I can see the damn definition of their eyeballs. Like insane, clear definition. Yeah. They're, some of them got probably under 10 yards um, and they're just eating oblivious 
Jeez. then this little nubbin buck comes up and I'm, I'm thinking the whole time, like, okay, you know, it's not one of those bucks, but, uh, it's a buck. This is kind of, uh, you know, it's a buck, your tags filled and oh, by the way, we, we get to leave now. Rifle never goes off. And then they, they look up and they didn't like what they saw, but they didn't freak out. Right. They just turned around and walked away. And I thought, okay. And Matt got to applaud him. Hope he, I hope he listens to this. I'm singing his praises a lot. <laughs> Probably shouldn't blow his big ass head up beta boy's head so <laughs> he does exactly what i would have done bust ass right towards him and you know let's get somebody to stand there and stare at me and mm-hmm. i'll shoot him or whatever thinking that the bucks were out there with him and just never came up well then we see no bucks and we're like what in the hell is going on so then he recognizes that that draw we were watching uh-huh. It was actually one little hill over. So he goes around the face of it oh. and he sees him. I've got all this on video, by the way. It's kind of cool. Um, and he's trying like heck to get on these things. And mm-hmm. I, I think I would have done some stuff a little differently, but I'm also extremely experienced. He started hunting four years ago. Right. And really hasn't gun hunted much other than from a stand and that's easy. Yeah. You keep your gun zoomed out and zoom into whatever you want. So he was zoomed all the way in and then on one knee trying to rest on the other knee, Mm. breathing heavy and his guns all over the place. And right as he's settling down, he starts to squeeze the trigger and they run. (sighs) So he takes some running shots and I got one. I'm hoping it looks good and super slow-mo because he like, I mean, that thing saw vapor waves. <laughs> it's right in front of its face, dude. If it had been a 50 cal, it would have taken that thing's head off. <laughs> so um, he didn't get those goats. Then we went and seen some tanker goats on that same private mm-hmm. and thought they might head the same way, but they never did. And, uh, let's see after that, we never did, we never did get on anything else. So then you head back to Nebraska after all that, right? Yeah. So we figured the next day we woke up, got our stuff together, showered whole nine and went and got because this is when we were like you know we're going to need to camp or whatever Mm -hmm. so and it was getting pretty cold down into the high 20s or so so i went and got us a um he brought his generator so i figured well i'll uh i'll buy this you know i I bought a little heater Mm -hmm. and a gas can to get us some extra gas for the generator and uh we end up getting a call or a text rather from a guy he told us that he got a decent sized ranch for us to hunt. I'm thinking like, man, you know, what's this going to be? Cause right. You know, hunt, hunting mule deer, you need room. You gotta be able right. to move because they move. <laughs> um, miles are nothing for these animals. So he informs us that he picked up a ranch that was somewhere around 5,000 acres. He thinks, that's a good piece of property. Yeah. 
So I'm sitting there and he showed me the names on Onyx and he said, whatever says this name, we can hunt it. Well, I start adding up and I get up over 11,000 acres and I'm like, hey, dude, are you sure it was only 5,000? Because I'm, I'm getting a different number, man. And so he's like, yeah, I figured I'd be a little off, but I didn't want to oversell it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, all righty. <laughs> so he tells me people pay to hunt there. And I'm like, dude, this is right up my alley. Well, we get there and we talk to the people that own it. And it's actually like over 13,000 acres. Holy hell. We see four mule deer does the minute we lay eyes on their property. And then walked around the next morning and never seen a deer. Really? Could not believe anything. Like, had no idea. So, we, uh, and we also, um, one of the things that we did earlier in the trip on our way to Wyoming that I forgot to mention, we went to one of the places, the last place that we had mule deer hunted Uh on our previous trip. We raced the sun setting trying to get there to just park near the road, park off the side of the road mm-hmm. and walk 50 yards into the public and hope something walked by. Well, right where we saw them before yeah. four four mule deer bucks walking right down, right down the private. And I'm like, <laughs> gotta be, and they're like, literally they're like a hundred yards off public. I'm like, dude, you're killing me. So never did get to make a play on them. But, uh, yeah, so we went to a spot on public that I will not mention because I plan on taking some guys out there. Um, I did say pro- – shit, I got it all mixed up now. We went to a public <laughs> – I'm saying public, right? Yeah. Yeah, public. Went to a public spot, um, big old forest, pines, cedars, you name it, and we get on these water tanks. Mm-hmm. And I had nine does – come in different groups of does come in never never get did get to kill any bucks or anything but it was cool watching because i thought well there's no water here so something has to come in and i found tracks and then when you know it's kind of like looking at what happened Mm -hmm. and then you know like looking into the past or whatever and then you sit there and you're like oh my god they do come in and just drink from this tank in the wide open and this is where their water comes from. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much our trip in a nutshell. Um, I think that you could, well, for one, you could just use some points and draw that tag for like between two hundred fifty or three hundred bucks instead of nice. six seventy one or whatever it was. Um, I also ate my two doe tags that were in a completely different unit, but again when your boy's got a much more expensive tag and then you got you deer try tags, to fill that first. Like, what do you, you know, what do you do? Um, so I think that we could go out there and get doe tags for white tails and hunt cheap mm-hmm. and be very successful. I think that we could go out there and just destroy pronghorn, mm-hmm. uh, but it would not be, you know, I seen other guys posting on the page, um, I think one of them was kind of out of uh sort of competition or whatever. It was kind of mm-hmm. funny. He's saying some stuff and whatnot. So, but uh, regardless, this is not a truck hunt. This isn't a, 
park and walk a mile hunt. You're not going to take any little game carts or anything right. like that. You're hiking them with a pack and that's what you got. Like you're not, this is not easy. Um, I think we could do it though. And I think you could fly out mm-hmm. and ship your meat back and everything. That wouldn't be bad. I, to don't, do. I don't think that uh, the need to drive is there. So, but that's just my own opinion. My own Good thoughts. deal. I mean, it sounds like a fun trip. I mean, you came, I mean, you, you did come back home with, a speed goat. So, I mean, killed. mission accomplished there. So, I mean, that, that is, that is good. Yeah. So. Killed a speed goat. Our first few hours ever hunting speed goats and on public land. Uh, you know, again, I understand for those listening that might be, uh, like the bow hunting people, but, um, keep in mind, this isn't a East, East of the Mississippi bow hunt. Uh, I could have bow killed, one of those mm-hmm. uh multiple actually um but killing them with a rifle is not easy holding a rifle steady with crazy wind and no rest and right. all that i mean it's it's difficult and for those that think you're just going to get in the prone position i have one word for you sage <laughs> <laughs> i kept having to move around constantly because it was blocking my view while sitting mm-hmm. so um, it, it just doesn't work out the way you think it's going to, right. but, uh, anywho, it was an awesome trip. Super thankful to, uh, mine and Matt's wives for holding down the fort and, um, all the people that watched my kids and stuff. And, uh, super thankful to my buddy for, for going out there. Cause there's not a whole lot of people that'll go do the stuff that I do. I'm the worst vacationer of all time. <laughs> um, you know, even when I'm on vacation, I'm up and moving around. So uh, when I go out hunting, you know, there's a lot of guys that I had one guy call me and was kind of picking my brain a little bit about it. And again, another one of those like wants to compare to mm-hmm. sort of make his stuff seem really cool or whatever, you know, but you know, it's whatever, but it's just funny because he's talking about how relaxing it was and how the outfitter made all the food and they took you to your blind and packed your lunch. And I'm like, I don't want that, you know, cool that right. you do, yeah. but I don't, I, I want to, you want to do, I want to struggle and I want to, I want to feel mother nature. And it, it was funny. We kind of had a little moment out there where he was talking about how it was kind of eerie or whatever, that there are things out there that could kill you. Mm -hmm. And you'd never know they were there until you were dead or dying. And uh, it makes me feel comfortable because that's how it should be. I think that we get a little too big for our britches and you lose respect for the old mama nature from time to time. Mm -hmm. And you don't really realize uh, what's out there. And there's this huge like circle of life thing that's happening. Exactly. Without your ass. And, uh, it's kind of neat knowing that you could be in a battle for your life with another animal. And if it wins, it gets to eat you. Yeah. And <laughs> if it loses, it dies and yeah. you can live. And I would eat that little bastard just to <laughs> spite it. But, um, you know, it, it is very cool to think about. So that said, I'm going to shut up for a little bit. Rick, tell me about, what you got on camera. Tell me about what you got going on this weekend. Guys, it's the end of October. We're in our last week Thank of Ock freaking Tober. 
we got a cold front. Pressure's going to peak at 30.2 at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. I can't wait. Saturday, October 25th, by the way. And uh, we no, have so t- probably... Saturday, October 24th. Oh, October 24th. Yeah. Mm, you're right. Yeah. I'm stupid. I got the wrong date in my hand, uh, in my head. It's not in my hand. See how tired I am? <laughs> so, uh, and probably the biggest temp drop that I've seen in a while. Yeah. We haven't had one like this in a while. So it's going to be a little over 20 degrees <laughs> on, uh, I I've got, I've got a deer on camera. And if you've looked on our page, the elite outdoors on Facebook, um, I have posted a picture of this deer. Um, we have aptly named him Stronghand because one side, I believe his, it's his right side. His right side yeah. is, uh, he's got like three points coming off the brow tine. <laughs> and then he's got like four points coming off uh, his main beam, but they're diminutive to this massive, massive antler on the left side and he's just such a big body deer i mean he's beautiful i I, i've not like i've hunted this farm for three years now and i've not ever seen a deer like this i i shot one last year that only had a brow tine and one point or i'm sorry a brow tine one point and uh the main beam and then the other side had um, five points on it. So, okay. like, I don't know if it's the same progeny of or if this is that deer's dad or whatever. But he is such a big deer. And he has finally decided to start gracing me with his presence in the very early daylight hours and right before shooting light ends. And he is coming in in the exact place that I had thought that he was going to be coming in. And I, I am, I am so excited. I'm going tomorrow to hunt this buck. Um, two years ago, I passed a deer that I called crab claw. Um, I didn't pass him. He just, he didn't come in the woods. He was at 40. I needed him to be in, you know, 10 yards closer and he wouldn't come in the woods, but I have two other deer that I was watching at that time that were fighting each other. And it was this weekend that year. Uh, and everything is lining up perfect again. And I know I've said this before. I said it last week. I've said it the weeks before that, you know, you can fight the all October lull, but you know, when you get into the last week of October going into November, this is this is like my favorite week to hunt. And if I didn't have, you know, scheduling stuff, I would be in a stand every day this next week. I'm going to be hunting tomorrow. I'm going to be hunting next Friday. Halloween happens on a Saturday this year, so I may hunt next Sunday, but I'm hoping to have strong hand down that tomorrow night like i you know i i just feel like there's too many things happening right now with that big of a temp drop and the, that big of a cold front coming through plus it's it's pissing rain right now at my house yeah and this place that i hunt is literally across the road and the rain's gonna stop those deer won't have moved all i mean most of the night i mean it it's 
it's not like that nice light rain you like going and sitting in when you're right. you're fishing. It's a hunker. It's a batten down the hatches. This type. is a batten down the hatches rain. Like there's winds, that kind of stuff. So fingers crossed those deer decide, oh, it's not that bad out right now. I'm going to take an early stroll or I mean an early moon rising tomorrow as well. So I am just absolutely pumped because this is, this is my last big push before I go to deer camp uh, in Ohio on the 14th and then I will not hunt. I'll try to hunt this farm when I get back. But when I get back from that uh, Ohio deer hunt, it's rifle season down here. So I'll go hit public. And like I've said down here before, I am down as of today to three pounds of deer meat and three pounds of deer burger, a pack of fillets and one roast because I decided to make a roast at uh, to, uh, pastrami this weekend so nice i am literally down to very very little wild game other than fish i've got a bunch of fish now but <laughs> i mean i'll be excited to talk about that oh um, man i can't wait to i can't wait to get to get that podcast going the mm. most epic fishing trip that i missed yeah of course yeah of course and but, that was one that the, the, that was back-to-back days like yeah. like it for those of you who don't know and you haven't listened to the past couple um we're going to talk more about it. We're going to have my dad on here. We, in the course of two days, much like your trip, uh, we had a lot of obstacles that we were not planning on, mainly that uh, the Bassmasters College Series decided to be on Lake Cumberland the same weekend that we were there, mm. and the fishing was tough. So we did a lot of river fishing, and boy, was that the smarter bet uh with the fish that we caught on that river and you've probably already seen the pictures of me holding an extremely large rainbow trout that I will probably never top in my life unless I go to Alaska I I really have a hard time ever thinking I'm going to catch a bigger uh, trout than that and then on top of that the striper my dad landed and that we released safely too that that that's the bigger end of it so that big brood is still swimming somewhere in the Cumberland River. I'm excited to hear how the hell you got that in. Oh my god, it man! Die. Like, it, it it was you. You want to talk about like you know when when you get like when you have a big buck standing in front of you, like your heart's yes, just kind of like pounding, and like it's just like you you want the moment to almost be over but it's so exciting at the same time. And really that's like maybe five minutes tops. Sometimes this lasted for 35 minutes and <laughs> it was, Oh my God. It, it, it's amazing. We can't, I can't wait to tell you guys a story when my dad's on here. It's going to be, it's going to be phenomenal. So it's funny. You mentioned that comparing it to a deer. Cause I would have never compared a fish to a deer ever in my life. And that striper, yeah. That I caught with your brother, not yep. the kayak one, but the other one. Yep. I had a pure adrenaline dump. I hadn't yep. felt that way. My legs got all tingly. They worked, but not great. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't felt tingly until I killed that buck that I posted about the other day, the 16 pointer. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's pure nuts, adrenaline man. dump. It, it's completely nuts. And I didn't even catch the damn fish. I, I like, I netted it. Well, I didn't even net it because, you know, and we'll get more into this, the net was too small. Um, been there. <laughs> yeah. And we, we tried to fish after that. And I'm just like, 
he he's like he's like I'm done fishing. And I'm like, I made five more casts. I'm like, there's there's no point in casting. <laughs> like like this is the end of the day for us. Like th- yep. this this needs to time be the to end go of break the, the bourbon out. Time to go break the bourbon out and play Yahtzee. And that and that's yes. What we did. And that's what oh, we did. so. Just to kind of give people a rundown of what we're going to face, even though you'll hear this after, but just to kind of teach people a little bit. So the rain's going to taper off as we get later into the night, in the morning, before daylight. It should be over. Mm-hmm. Then we've got a climbing barometer all morning. We're reaching the end of October. We will be six days from a full and blue moon. Blue moon. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, because there are actually human beings that don't know, a blue moon is the second full moon in the same month. Yes. Hence the phrase once in a blue, moon. In a blue moon. It's pretty rare. It's happened a few times in my life, but it doesn't happen a lot. So we've got all that plus like a 21, 22 degree temp drop. Mm-hmm. You, you pair all that with rising testosterone levels. And and it is rising. I've got yes. plenty of bucks on camera with chipped yeah. uh, or torn off tines already and pushing yeah. each other around. They're doing a lot more than sparring right now. Um, so tomorrow should be a pretty good day, which means that it'll probably be complete shit. None of us will see anything. <laughs> and then we'll go out when it's like... 78 degrees like yesterday it was like 83 degrees yesterday and bob invited me to come hunt he's got a spot super close to my house super close to his house we we drive we we park in a driveway and walk 40 yards and get in a two-man and it's kind of like a subdivision type deal but i've wanted to hunt here my whole life not on that property but this area Mm -hmm. dude we're sitting there and I feel like crap. Like we're in an oak tree the size of the world and it is blocking any wind. The mosquitoes are getting me and I'm kind of dehydrated and I'm just like exhausted and dehydrated and hot mm-hmm. and uncomfortable. And I'm just like, ugh, I feel like crap, man. Well, that sun goes down behind the trees and I just immediately am a completely different person in about 25 minutes, maybe, maybe 20, somewhere mm-hmm. around there before last shooting light, we hear the most God awful crashing. And there is a doe running right for us. And she gets out to like 38 yards and stops right in an opening. I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm thinking about shooting her because we're kind of on doe patrol, but right. we see something good. He hasn't been here in like three years. So I'm like, ooh, okay. So we're freaking sitting there looking at this doe, and I'm like, what is this idiot's problem? And right as it clicks in my head, like, oh, I hear, and I'm like, oh, my God. Buck, Bob, Bob, there's Bob, there's a buck. Bob, there's a buck. <laughs> so <laughs> it, this thing could have been a yearling for all I cared. I mean, I was just excited yeah. for that activity. Well, I see some rack and I'm like, that is not a yearling. That is not a two-year-old. That's going to be something good coming out. Mm-hmm. So I get my bow and get ready. 
and I've got pressure on my release and I'm about to draw and I'm looking at him and I'm not seeing a lot of time length, not seeing crazy mass. Mm-hmm. And I start trying to like do numbers quickly in my head. I'm like, uh, I think he's like probably in that 18 to 19 inches inside. Yeah. Making him probably in that 20, 20 and a half outside. Uh, he, I mean, he had some pretty good width. Um, and then I think he had some time. I couldn't tell if he was an eight or a 10 or what mm-hmm. he at least had eight, but um, I think his tallest times were probably nine, maybe. Um, I would probably call him right around nine. Mm-hmm. He had a few in the nine range. Uh, and then the rest were a little shorter. And then I, I got to looking at the body and I'm like, I think you're a really nice three-year-old and I don't think you're quite 140. Mm-hmm. Guessing 35 to 38, something like that. And Bob agreed. He's like, I don't quite think he was 40. And I'm like, okay, you know, we got better deer than that on yeah. camera. And this is, you know, not to sound like a snob, but if you want to shoot really big deer, you got to pass the pretty good deer. Especially yeah, when he's a three-year-old, almost 140. That means he's probably going to be 150, 160 inches next year if all goes well. Yeah. I mean, he could regress and be littler, but chances are he's going to be pretty good next year. Absolutely. So, so I mean, um, we're, we're, we're in the thick of it, man. Like I I can, I cannot wait for this upcoming month. Like I I just, (laughs) I cannot wait. I'm excited and I'm not. (laughs) After the first week I could care. I couldn't, excuse me. I almost did that. I couldn't care less about November because once you get past like November 11th. Yep. Here in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. you're in peak breeding. You've got lockdown. Yes. You can have some serious excitement from 10 to two, nine to three, something like that. But, uh, and still in the mornings and evenings, of course, but, um, your deer busted up, your does are scared to death, uh, you know, of all the bucks and, uh, bucks are, that's the other thing I hate November because my deer get hit on the highway and I cry a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm like, no, you were three and you were going to be a freaking amazing deer and now you're dead. And you see him on the side of 32. No, I see it posted <laughs> on our damn Facebook page. Uh, like, got hit right here. And uh, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so it's kind of rough, but I, I like my patterns. Uh, uh-huh. October's my favorite month to hunt because you can pattern them. And if you get a buck coming in consistently mm-hmm. on daylight, if you have the effort and the ability to go hunt him, you'll get an encounter. Now, if you close on that is a different story, but right. if you hunt him smart and everything, you can absolutely get an encounter. Um, and then late season for me is fun because that's when you can bust out, you know, bait and everything. And it mm. matters. A lot of people have the thought that you're going to like just throw corn or something out and, deer lay down on their backs and like yeah that doesn't me. happen i i oh, hunted i've me. hunted literally one of the best farms um i would say in the state of ohio because the state bought it um and you could put a corn pile down there and it did not mean that the does were going to come directly into it like you still had to wait there's still deer there you still have to 
have woodsmanship to do it. Like you yeah, can put bait you gotta down put them in the, the right spot and set up in the right spot. But yeah. I mean, if you want to kill a doe or a young buck, okay, I'll, I'll hear your argument that anybody can go out and throw a corn pile and get that. But that that's where I'm at too. Because if yeah. you do that in probably Pennsylvania or Michigan, which I don't think you can, but if you did, I think your results might be a little different, especially right. in. West Virginia, Pennsylvania, where it's not super cold, um, and they don't have to rely on that food as much as they would in Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, because exactly. up there you destroy deer. But um, if you want to hunt mature deer, that's just one way, and it's actually really tough. But what's good about it is, is if you have five or ten or fifteen acres, and you can't put food plots or mm-hmm. do anything to create a food source, well, what if you have like a maple thicket? Or what? It, like, what do you? What are the deer eating? Why should right. they be there? Well, now I should just quit hunting, and let the guy who has a thousand acres of food plots over here, or whatever, you know, hundred acres or whatever. Well, I should just concede to him. No, I'm going to throw some damn corn out. Right. And hope that I can get lucky. But you know what? I also have to deal with ten to fifteen or twenty or whatever doe eyes and noses mm-hmm. on me, and all that like it's just and the other thing that i try to explain to people you have a couple good sits so if you want to kill a deer and you're sitting anywhere near that corn pile near being within we'll say 60 yards Mm -hmm. you have a couple good sits if you're lucky because those deer are going to come in on a good evening and feed into the night and unless you stay there and have some kind of thermal or something, knowing that they're gone, right? when you get down, you're busted. Yep. And then they're right back to coming in in the dark. And if you go in there in the morning, have fun with that. You're going to yeah, blow, blow deer off that corn pile. Blow them out. So, and if you, check the, if you check the damn camera too much, the deer stop. The, the mature ones yeah. will stop coming in. I mean, it's, it's plain and simple. They'll come in in the dark. So, you get to pattern them but they get to pattern you. Yes, they do. pattern you way better than you'll ever pattern them because you can only look at that camera or go off what you see when you hunt. They can come out there and smell and track right to where you walked in from mm-hmm. and basically tell time. So, okay, it was here X amount ago or, you know, they're not telling time like we do, but he's coming in and it's daylight or what, it, you know, it was a little bit ago. Oh, crap, I was just over there or whatever. And you're screwed. So... Well, hopefully, hopefully people are successful this weekend. I hope people are dropping deer and, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it soon. So hopefully we have plenty of deer to talk about. I'm, uh, I'm headed out to hunt Goldberg tomorrow. I'm going to hit, I don't know if I'm going to hit private or public in the morning, but, um, I feel like it'd be smart to hit a private spot Mm -hmm. simply because tomorrow morning is a morning that you should hunt a buck. Like, yeah. You should be doing that if you can now. I don't have the reason I'm going to the spot that I am probably because I don't have corn there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, you know, I have a good chance of getting in there without blowing deer out everywhere. Right, right. But I'm not going to go somewhere in the morning and bump deer off a corn pile because you screw everything up. So, and then tomorrow evening, uh, we're going to go try to get Goldberg on the ground. Good deal. Good deal. So, good luck with your... uh, strong hand i appreciate it i man if if uh you're the first person you'll be in a text if i uh 
if I drop I hope him. so, dude. And I'll be uh, – so you're hunting in the evening. So I'll be out of service until – well, hopefully well after yeah. uh, dark. But, well, it'll be after dark regardless. But I will not even track that deer mm-hmm. if I shoot it. And I'll be calling people. So if by some chance you put one down too, I will drive all the way from Adams County <laughs> all the way down to come film and – and you're filming tomorrow too, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm filming too. Beautiful. I'm, so I've, I've start I've started filming. So I started kind of the hunt. So and I will take pictures and film the recovery and help you get him out. And then if you want to come back with me, you can. Or I'll meet up with some other guys and we'll go out there and recover him. But we got to kill him first, and that's yes, gonna be we tough. do. Yes, we do. So good so, luck to you. Yep, you too, brother. All right. Well, guys, this has been fueled by the outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and we look forward to hearing about your successes, and hopefully you look forward to hearing about ours. So talk to you later, guys. Bye. See you. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors, the number one, at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.